Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Today we've got an update on Red Wings prospects both at home and overseas. The latest on the league's return to play and part two of our crossover episode with Lockdown Avs looking back at some of the greatest memories of the Detroit and Colorado rivalry. It's all coming up next in a Monday edition of Lockdown Red Wings. Hi guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listening to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, December 7th, two thousand. And 20, I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. I've got Ethan Smith, longtime Red Wings fan, and my co-host here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast with me during part two of our crossover with Lockdown Avs coming up later. Uh, but first, it's just nice to talk to you guys again. Uh, I wanted to address <laughs> the crazy posting schedule of this show. I started a new job last week uh, and also had to start quarantining last week because of a close uh contact with the COVID case. So things have just been uh, a little bit crazy, trying to get tested, uh, trying to adjust to the new job, um, and not really wanting to just kind of fit an episode in there just to put out an episode. I posted uh, part one of our crossover with Lockdown Abs yesterday. So if you are like, what the heck are you talking about part two? Uh, it's because I didn't post part one and, until yesterday. So I apologize for that. I apologize uh, for the inconsistencies. Uh, but my promise to you is that when we put out an episode, it'll be a good one. And speaking of that, we had two great episodes to kick off the week last week, a two-part interview with Mo Sider, uh, Red Wings D's prospect, 2019 sixth overall pick. We talked about so much uh, with Mo. I believe we had 35 minutes uh, with him. We talked about World Juniors, why he's not going, talked about playing in the SHL, getting more offensive opportunities, playing on the power play. Uh, what he did during quarantine, his favorite video games to play. So uh, we we pulled back the curtain a little bit on Big Mo. It was a ton of fun. Uh, I had a ton of fun doing it, and I think he did too. So hopefully we'll be able to get him back sometime. Uh, in the meantime, this week, we also have some more special guests. We'll have Helene St. James from the Detroit Free Press on to talk about her new book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments that made the Detroit Red Wings. There's a lot of great stories in there. So we'll talk about that. Plus we'll probably talk with lean about some of the, you know, biggest storylines heading into next season. Who has the most to gain? Who has the least uh, or who has the most to lose? I should say Um, top storylines, players to watch for lines that might be the most interesting heading into next year. Uh, Be on the lookout for that. It'll probably be the next episode we post. uh, So you can be ready for it by subscribing to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Do us a favor. If you liked last week's interview with Mo Sider, just leave us a review. Tell us your favorite part that you liked on it. Uh, And we are ever so grateful for when you guys do take the time to do that. So we appreciate anybody who does take the time. Additionally, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. We've got lots of great clips on there. 
Uh, and you'll know when an episode is posted, when an episode is going to be posted. So you won't be kind of left in the dark, just left hanging, waiting for the episode to go up uh, if it's not going to. So now with that out of the way, uh, we do have some news to get to. There's been a lot going on, but also like simultaneously not a lot going on. Uh, kind of a weird situation, especially with the NHL's return to play plan. We'll get to that in a second, but I do have positive news for you guys, for you Red Wings fans. Uh, and that is that over the weekend, Sweden's World Junior Championship roster was released. Seven DETs on there make the preliminary roster out of 34. That number will eventually be trimmed to 23. But for right now, I mean, it's looking like Team Sweden makes up, or the Red Wings make about uh, almost a quarter of Team Sweden's preliminary roster. We've got Lucas Raymond, Theodore Niederbach, Elmer Sotoblon, Alvin Grube, uh, Albert Johansson on defense, William Wallander, Gustav Berglund. Uh, so that, who knows how many it'll be by the time that the actual uh, roster gets announced. I would assume you probably have at least four of those guys end up making the preliminary roster in uh, Raymond, Niederbach, uh, Johansson, Wallander. So I don't know what necessarily the status is of the rest of those guys, but you can be pretty much rest assured that you're going to get to watch at least four Red Wings playing for Team Sweden. Obviously, we addressed last week in the interview with Mo Sider why he won't be playing for Team Germany. And I think the player on this list who maybe is the most intriguing uh, out of all the Red Wings prospects has to be Theodore Niederbach. Um, Niederbach, he, he tore it up in the J20 uh, with the Frölunda junior team at the beginning of the season. He had 35 points in 19 games, 13 goals, 22 assists. A heck of a start. They bumped him up to the SHL Frölunda team, the men's league. He hasn't had such a good performance since. Got his first goal over the weekend, but went his first 10 games without collecting zero points. So I'm excited to see him back amongst his own age group. Uh, obviously, that promotion to the men's league usually comes with way less ice time than he was probably playing with over in the uh, the J20 league. So just having the chance to kind of see him go back and start playing uh, against you know, peers his own age, I think is going to be really exciting. We know what Lucas Raymond is. Theodore Niederbach, though, somebody who who kind of is like a Jonathan Bergeron. Like, you, you are really excited about him. Uh, there are, you know, a handful of question marks. It's the reason why he went in the second round, despite being such a dynamic playmaker. Uh, and so I would really like to see him kind of come back from this rough stint in the men's league and really just kind of take that by the horns and be able to have a really impressive showing uh, at the world junior championships for team Sweden, the junior championships, in case you didn't know, uh, will be December 25th through January 5th. But one player who won't be there uh, for team USA, uh, Detroit Red Wings prospect, Robert Mastro Simone, a former second round pick, a sophomore at BU made the preliminary roster, but he, along with his two other, uh, Boston University teammates who made the preliminary roster have been axed. Um, BU has had many, many issues kind of going on due to COVID. And so this is really just kind of like disappointing, right? Like you have these guys uh, in NCAA and you're thinking like, oh, well, he might not be able to play a ton of college games. Boston or Boston University hasn't even played any, any games yet. Uh, so you're looking at it from the perspective of, well, he's over here. He can't play in college. 
and he uh, now can't play the World Juniors. So who knows when his first game will be this season. You have to think right now that it will be sometime after the new year because right now uh, Boston University doesn't look like they're going to be playing until after the new year. So if he's not playing for Team USA in the World Junior Championships, uh, that's that's not good. <laughs> uh, former second-round pick, somebody you want to see develop, somebody you want to get the chance to, uh, like Niederbach, play with those guys his own age and just kind of show you what he can do and show you the upside that was there when the Red Wings drafted him. So that was kind of uh, a disappointment as well. Before I get into uh, some news about Calvin Picard and the NHL's return to play policy uh, or plan, I guess you could say, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. What a great claim to fame. I would love to be the best ever at anything. And Built Bar has managed to do it, has managed to bypass hundreds and thousands of protein bars out there. They're not chalky. They're flavorful. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft, and they're easy to chew. You like nuts? They got nine flavors. You don't like nuts? They got nine flavors for you. They're, they're, they're partial to everybody. And let me tell you guys about these new six built Bars that they just introduced that are even more deliciouser than ever before. They've got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That all sounds delicious, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for the keto diet. They're great for anybody who uh, just wants to kind of shy away from carbs. I know this time of year, carbs make up a big part of my diet. Anytime I can cut them out uh, without having to really think about it. That's a major, major win for me. Built Bar helps you do that. And when you go to builtbar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at builtbar.com. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin. And then one last note uh, on the Red Wings uh, before we get into the league's return to play is that Calvin Picard uh, was loaned to the Vienna Capitals of the Ice Hockey League. Um, I don't necessarily – like this isn't really a big picture, uh, a substantial move for the Red Wings at all. Calvin Picard, not very good for the Red Wings last year. Uh, Three games at the NHL level had 7.97 save percentage with 5.46 goals against average. That's about as bad of a stat line as you can come across in the National Hockey League. Uh, And then in the AHL, he wasn't really that impressive there either. 9.03 save percentage over 33 games. So uh, he's not a prospect. He's 28 years old. Uh, This is not somebody that you ever really pinned the Red Wings goaltending future on. And and even last year when Jimmy Howard was struggling so bad, like part of the reason why they kept having to throw him out there was because Calvin Picard was not very good either. So while there's not anything really too groundbreaking about this loan, what it does tell me, or at least what it, it kind of gets the wheels turning in motion is that the AHL might not have a season this year, because if you just kind of look at the current landscape of what's going on. They, they originally said December 1st start date. Then they said January 1st start date. And now the rumored start date that's going around is looking to be about mid-January, January 15th. New York Rangers did not release Alexi Lafreniere uh, to go play for Team Canada at World Juniors. One thing that that tells me is that the NHL is confident about the fact that it is coming back to play. And if that's the case, that a team like the Rangers would rather have Lafreniere go to the NHL training camp 
But then if the Red Wings immediately kind of in the wake of that transfer or, or put Calvin Picard out on loan, that kind of tells me that the NHL might go on without the AHL this season. And obviously this is all speculation based on a, a pretty much meaningless move with a, uh, I don't want to say worthless asset within the Red Wings organization, but nobody, if Calvin Picard never played another game for the Red Wings, I don't think anybody would notice. I, I think there's a very high possibility he doesn't ever play another game for the Detroit Red Wings. So I am kind of looking at this like the AHL, like if they don't, if they wouldn't send him out on loan, if they were confident that the AHL was going to come back uh, in a month or in five weeks or whenever the NHL is allegedly coming back. So that will be something to keep an eye on in the world of the actual NHL return to play. Uh, this is a big week, folks. Stop me if you've heard that before. Pierre Lebrun uh, tweeted that out a little bit earlier today. He had an update from over the weekend. He said NHL slash NHLPA spoke both Saturday and Sunday. Still lost to do in a lot of moving pieces, sources say. Once both sides come together on a package for the season, the NHL still has to bring it to the Board of Governors for consideration and the NHLPA to its executive board. So some ground to cover still and tweet. This is starting to become really interesting. Um, we've talked about it before. Will the NHL completely botch this? I think there's a <laughs> fairly high chance that it happens. I don't really think that when push comes to shove that the NHL will cancel it's season. Um, but this board of governors, man, I do not know what to expect from them ever because they are pretty much the ones who are standing in the way of the season. The, the main reason why there has been pushback and continued negotiations on a package is because the board of governors went back on the deal that was previously agreed upon and signed during a pandemic, during the original return to play to complete the playoffs in the bubble, they kind of set forth the terms for the next season and the NHL board of governors signed that collective bargaining agreement, signed that 71 page memo of understanding. And all of this wasn't because they read it and they thought it was a fair deal. It was because they signed it based on Gary Bettman's recommendation. Well, now guess what? They have read it. They don't like the terms. They think they're going to lose too much money. And so now what they're doing is they're walking back the terms of the negotiation uh, and they're trying to basically strong arm the players into kind of just giving in again. And this is an example that you see kind of <laughs> all over the world and all you know professional sports leagues. It's something that the MLB dealt with majorly over this past summer and it's no surprise to me that the nhl and the mlb are kind of on par with each other when it comes to how bad they are messing this up like you look at the coverage that the nba and the nfl gets and if you're a hockey fan like i'm a lifelong hockey fan when i was like in high school i was like that insecure hockey fan like you know the the, the stereotype the hockey fan like the people who are like feel the need to comment on basketball fouls and be like, oh, uh, Nathan McKinnon would never, you know, do this or he would never get a flop like that. You know, uh, Sidney Crosby would have returned back to the game, whatever it is, like those guys, like that, <laughs> that used to be me. And I think a lot of hockey fans are kind of in the position of like, why isn't my sport, why don't people care about my sport? 
And I think that's a fair question to ask because it's a super exciting game. It's one of the best games. It's the best game to watch in person. And yet at the end of the day, it lacks so much in mainstream media coverage and just like social media in that world. And I don't really know that the question of why is even really out there anymore. I think it's pretty obvious why. I mean, we've talked about the NHL's missteps time and time again. Their music choice stinks. Their marketing stinks. Like, I have started to realize over these last couple of weeks that the NHL and the MLB, we all make fun of baseball. It's the old man sport. They can't get anything right. And eh, they got all these stupid rules. Hockey is ju- hockey is the closest professional sport to baseball. And like, it's not even really close. And I would argue that the only reason why baseball is still makes more money than hockey is because it's like kind of the establishment uh, professional sports league or it was, or that's how it started. It was the first major professional sports league in america and then you know the traditionalists and the the unwillingness to kind of adapt and have foresight and say you know what we might take a little bit of a hit right now but we're going to be able to make much more money in the future if we just if we just continue on with what we've been doing the nhl and the mlb owners they don't seem to get that and that is is really frustrating as somebody who is a lifelong fan of the game of hockey it was the first sport I ever played. It was the last sport I ever played like organized sports of, uh, and you know, your whole life, you just sit there wondering why doesn't this sport get enough coverage? Well, we are finally starting to like get solid answers and we are finally starting to see the NHL embarrass themselves on a level that major league baseball has done time and time again in an effort to become the laughing stock of the four major professional sports leagues, especially uh, in America. So very frustrating. I don't know exactly what is going to come out of all of this. Uh, I, I have confidence that the, that the league is going to figure something out. I don't have confidence that there's going to be an AHL season. Um, so yeah, just keep it locked on here. We'll update you anytime anything meaningful comes through. But right now, uh, there really hasn't been anything substantial to update you on. Uh, I assume we'll probably do like an emergency pod if the NHL releases uh, some sort of plan or some sort of confirmed start date. So you know, just keep it locked on for that. However, in the meantime, uh, do not miss another big hockey story. Start off your week with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato who is also a former guest at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We love Sarah here. Uh, Interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey, get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis on hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Last game to play in this period. All right, final segment of the day here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We finish up our crossover episode with Chris Maselli from Locked On Avalanche, where we relive some of the greatest moments of the Red Wings and Avalanche rivalry. Here you go. Fedorov gives him the business. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing really started and ended with, with uh, the Avalanche getting Claude Lemieux, and then it really ended when they got rid of him, when they traded him back to uh, New Jersey. It yeah. kind of just fell apart after that. And, but yeah, this thing went on for six or seven years, which at, at that level, like it mm-hmm. never dropped at all. And I think every, it was when they traded Lemieux and then they played a game 
where they didn't have a single penalty minute between the two teams and people were like oh this got boring yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh and that was really it and it it had its moment and it you know it it will always go down i don't think I don't think there's even a question. Like if you're doing, if you're ranking like specifically hockey rivalries, I don't know how you have an argument for anything else. I agree. And you have all these people who are like, Oh dude, the the Blackhawks and the Bruins back in the fifties, that was pretty nasty. Yeah. When you were alive to watch it. Of course it was. They're (laughs) playing each other 50 times a year. Right. Like, Like for these two teams to come with it, like, I keep harping on the skill level, but it was a league with yeah. 28, 30 teams. Like that's different. There's, there's something right. different to it when there are two teams that good in a league of that many teams yep. and you have all these parallels. I mean, they, they were the same exact team. They had the same captain, like it all over the place. I, yeah. The only thing that made them different was the coach and Scotty Bowman being a legend of the game and Mark Crawford being kind of a, the, the young upstart mm-hmm. and uh and I mean, outside of that, like they were still both amazing legendary coaches now. So yeah, it's, you'll, where, you will never see anything like that. Ever no, again. no. Where, where would you guys rank that this rivalry in all of sports? I would still rank that in my top three. Yeah. I mean, it, it's odd because it was just so short lived. Like there was nothing before it because, because in, in terms of these two teams, because Colorado was in Colorado. Um, and you know, when you think rivalries, you think Yankees, Red Sox, uh, you know, like Michigan, Ohio state, um, like legacy type ones that go on and on and on and on, which like Yankees, Red Sox isn't a rivalry anymore. It's not, it's not like those guys are growing it up before the game and like exchanging in all all sports, like in all sports, that's just, that's the way it has gone. And it it is what it is. Like you just, you don't ever get those rivalries. No, but I would agree. I I would think because this thing was so short lived and everything that we just went over, that the level of play, they were the two best teams in the league for that extended amount of time. And it yeah. wasn't just two teams uh, who had nothing to play for just duking it out. Uh, these guys were duking it out and were going after a championship. So it's definitely up there. I mean, I think if you were to rank them in all of sports, you might have to put something like a Yankees and Red Sox, number one. Um, but I agree with you. I think I think you're right. I think this is definitely a top three. And you mentioned like there's no legacy. I'm trying to think in my head, like what kind of what what could you I'm I'm trying to like put it into some context here, but this is like the Dallas Stars and Boston Bruins, like all of a sudden out of nowhere having a bitter rivalry. And you're like, oh right. well, like okay. Yeah, it didn't make and sense. And then it's unreal. Like it's <laughs> right. like dude uh Bruin stars tonight, man. Like <laughs> nobody's ever said that ever. Right. You know, like yeah. There's no reason for these two teams to dislike each other, but yeah. uh, the reason that they did wasn't because of like demographics or you know yeah. their their place on the map. It was because one idiot player, you know, slammed the face of another player into a bench, and that team yeah. was like, uh, "No, we're not going to stand for that." And you know, in baseball, you throw at a guy the next time he's up, and it's over. And then everybody's like, "Whoa!" And, and this, runs each other. Like, right, yeah, they don't do that. No, you don't do that. And they're like, "All right, everybody, get back to your benches." That's a warning. Yeah, that's a warning. For some reason, the the uh, bullpen comes running out. Yeah. I, never, I never understood that. Um, like, why don't you just go to the other bullpen? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
that's my point. <laughs> it's a much shorter walk just to the yeah. other bullpen. Um, <laughs> I could imagine those conversations in those bullpens. Just like, did you guys see what happened? Okay. They're like, they're like <laughs> jogging out next to each other, like talking about the fight that's going on yeah. that they're about to jump in on opposite sides of. Want to grab each other? <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like uh, we're gonna we're gonna go around the backside. You guys just stay out front. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's ridiculous. I would like to hear that conversation as they're running towards the fight. It's like uh, we're doing this again. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's terrible. Or at least just like that's when that's when you got to have like a, a a really a Mariano Rivera to be like you want to go at each other and fake it. Like that's what. You <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah. go at each other and you're like, "Action bacon, action bacon." <laughs> no, no, you action bacon. You know. Like, and then, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, for for me, I think like the 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 last part of this, I guess, is uh, kind of coming full circle when the the Red Wings and the Avalanche played their stadium series game, and uh, the day before they did the. I don't, I don't know what they were calling it. I call well, it, I, I call it the old timers game. I don't know. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, old timers game. I like that. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, they, they, McCarty and, um, uh, Lemieux kind of, I want to say kissed him on the forehead. I, am I misremembering that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they, they shook hands and they, I guess, buried the hatchet because they were just pissed that he didn't apologize. Yeah. And you're not going to convince me that. All this guy had to do was say, I'm sorry. And all of this blood would not have been shed. That's way too much blood to be shed for someone not saying, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it would have happened regardless. But uh, it, it was nice to see that, you know, they, they kind of were in the what's handshake it, line and went through. Yeah, what's interesting, and, and this is something that your uh, listenership might appreciate, because this is what uh, McCarty told us when we interviewed him. As he was like, and this is one of the more fascinating aspects to it. He said that after that hit happened and they got sent home and it was this crushing loss, nobody talked about it. Like wow. they just, they never talked about it. The only time he talked about it was when he picked Chris Draper up from the hospital and he said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Where do you want to go to eat? And they went and got Noki for some reason. Well, because he had no teeth, he couldn't chew on anything. I don't think he yeah. wasn't going to go said, Exactly. So why are you ordering Noki? Bacardi <laughs> was like, do you know how long it takes a guy with freaking no teeth to eat Noki? <laughs> for hours, bro. And then he goes, he goes, that's all right, though. I was drinking back then. Yeah. So. That's that's good, man. Because And that I, I fully believe that was the extent of the conversation. I, like, I do too. You know I, what I mean, like, yeah, because I was like, what was it like, like that game beforehand? Like, I'm imagining these guys in there, like, let's cool off them up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, it, nothing. He said nothing before the game. It was just like, it was just every, but everybody knew. Uh -huh. Everybody knew what was about to happen, but nobody said a word about it. Wow. Which, That's fascinating. So. <clears throat> no, now it would be. <clears throat> Let's have a meeting and yeah. let's have everybody, you know, it's like, be you a know, couple Instagram. Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings. Like you're going to let's have archers up here and, you know, let's have yeah. you know, our brutes up front. And it's like, no, not <laughs> back then. It was just, we're going at it. We, yeah, we know we're going at it and we're just going to throw. Gonna, right. There's right. no, there's no strategy. You're just going to throw. Exactly. Which is beautiful. So it's still fun to play them. Uh, you know, they're, they're not what they were the, the, you know, the rivalry obviously, but yeah. When those teams do play each other the two times a year now, uh, it's still entertaining. Well, I remember back in 2008, uh, 
we played you guys on on the way to a Stanley Cup. And I remember that was the Johan Franzen series. I'm pretty sure that was like he had nine goals in four games. Uh, but I remember I think it was Rob Blake still on the team back then. In 2008. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I remember it was like <clears throat> I can't remember if they were in Colorado or in Detroit. But somebody threw an octopus on the ice and he went and picked it up and like whipped it in the Red Wings bench. And everybody's like, the rivalry is back. And then the Red Wings won four straight. And no, it wasn't no. back. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, was, it was no, uh, Johan Franzen outscored the Avalanche by himself. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But, no, it needs more than seafood to start yeah. this rivalry back up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man. all right. Gentlemen, I think we've gone long enough here. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, definitely. The say it, I was thinking of the St. Valentine's Day massacre, and okay. it was the 1929 murder of seven members and associates of Chicago's North Side Gang. So, don't know where I got that. So, uh, nothing to do with the show whatsoever. No, nothing, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Sorry, we can't close this out because I know what you're talking about, and you, you were on to something. Okay. Maybe really. Oh, yeah. cool. Consciously, he was onto something. Yeah. The St. Patrick's Day Massacre. All right. Sorry, Ethan. Um, we're, we're back to he wasn't on anything. I don't get it. Wait. I'm confused. Wait, so Ethan, yeah. was, Ethan was right at the beginning about St. Patrick's Day. And then I gave him a bunch of shit and he, he switched up his argument. And then he got so confused by the argument that he changed it to that he completely thought he was wrong to begin with. You're right. That's what happens when you make fun of me. <laughs> Most of the time, you deserve it. Uh, the Blues and the Blackhawks, uh, defining moment in the league. So it's still wrong. Um, <laughs> not a lot of fans remember the actual outcome, but they do remember the brawl that took place on the ice, resulting in 278 penalty minutes, oh, wow. which included wow. 24 minor, 12 major, and 17 misconduct penalties. 12 wow. players were ejected, <clears throat> six from each team, and multiple players were suspended and fined or their part in the fight. So wow. cool. I'm happy you figured that out. There you go. And I don't know what made me think of this trivia question for you guys. Do you know why there's two period or two intermissions in a hockey game? There used to be one used to be 30 minutes intermission, 30 minutes, and then they broke it up 20, 20, 20. Do you know why they went from one intermission to two intermissions? No. They could sell more Zamboni ads. They could sell something and it was more beer. Oh, sell more nice. alcohol. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes total wow. sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. I love that. Because they pretty much like shut everything down like at the start of the third now. Pretty much, yeah. Which yeah. is a bummer. Oh, and then I, I also want to ask you, what do you guys think of your uh, retros? <laughs> oh my goodness. You don't want to hear awful. Our on our retros. They really? I kind of yeah. like the simplicity of them. They don't make any sense. Like they're <laughs> like you're just like, what? And they're like, this was inspired by the 1998 team. I'm like, in what way? Like oh, it, see, it, I didn't hear that part that it was by the 19th. Yeah, that well, now now they're dumb. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I like them. I think they're just like simple, but uh, I don't get 1998 out of that. You know what? You know what? I, I, I'm they can be saved in one way. Mm -hmm. You got to make the pants, gloves and socks white. That's that's how you do it. Oh, you're going Dallas Stars, though. And then you and then you can actually then you make sense. You say it's a Sergey Fedorov edition jersey but they would never do that because there's yeah. this weird standoff it's the whole thing well <laughs> i i i get why people don't like them but i i don't know they're simple. some I, I some hate, of them I were such them great hits 
And then it's just like, this is, we could have done so many, like the Detroit block across the chest. You know, we could have done so much with it, but we just went with silver. It's, it's the lack of willingness to try anything. Well, still, but they're like, like, we're not going to try. Cause that's the thing is they don't want to like add anything. Cause a lot of Red Wings fans are traditionalists about not adding any colors. And like, so they have to try something then they go a little bit and it looks bad so mm-hmm. because they half-assed it right right that's just frustrating <clears throat> makes so, sense yeah all right well i think we've covered all the bases yeah this might be a thing it sure seems like it <laughs> <laughs> would you say no and it might be a what this might be a three-parter it could be yeah we might lead this over into next week there's nothing else going on in the league so why i know i'm like i'm actually like dang this is actually gonna be really nice might not be a league <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh don't say that don't say that sorry. optimism optimism so yeah ethan is the eternal optimist on the show sorry i lost it for a second i'm back <laughs> all right that will be where we close the episode for today thank you so much to chris maselli uh, from the Lockdown Avalanche podcast for joining up with us to talk about some great memories from the the Red Wings and Colorado rivalry. Do you have any great moments from that uh, from that rivalry? Tweet them at us. Tweet us your favorite pictures. Tweet us your favorite clips. Uh, we'll retweet them. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about the best ones on the show. Uh, be sure to come back on Wednesday for our interview with Helene St. James. And of course, go check out Lockdown NHL with Sarah Avampato. We'll see you guys back here Wednesday, same time, same place. It's your team every day. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.